Hi, and welcome to the Vote Her podcast, because when you vote, great things can happen. Hi, I'm Mara Davis, media personality, talent booker, publicist, and I love Georgia politics. I am Tarian Nullowitz. I am a state representative, and I'm really tired from the past two weeks of legislating. I'm Jen Jordan, and I'm not tired because I'm a former state senator. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm happy to be here. Okay, full disclosure, um, it's really adorable right now, and I'm going to put a picture of Jen and Terry, who have to share one microphone because I'm down a mic today. So this is our technical thing, but you guys like being close to each no, other. It's, it's picture of the Andrews sisters, but hotter. <laughs> and a lot older. But, but okay, we'll go with hotter. Okay, hotter. good. Definitely hotter. All right, let's start with the first big, big topic, and that is... Uh, House Bill 140. Senate Bill. Senate but Bill. Don't put that on the House. That garbage story. Sorry about that. Senate. Apologies. SB 140. Yes. Is this anti trans medication bill. Talk a little bit about it in your week with this, Terry. Yeah. So it is a bill that addresses an issue that is something that is so rare. So it, this, th- this bill would prevent doctors from treating their patients who are under age 18 with gender-affirming care. This can mean a lot of things. It can mean hormones. It sometimes means surgery. Surgery is very, very, very rare before a child is 18. Anyway, there was my, what was told to me is that there were actually zero surgeries like this in the past year. And and you could probably count on one hand how many there have ever been in Georgia. It's extremely rare. Uh, Puberty blockers would still be allowed, but the reason that endocrinologists and other doctors who care for these children and by their parents have hesitation about puberty blockers is you don't want to be on puberty blockers from the time you're 9 or 10 years old, maybe even a little bit younger, until you are 18 years old. That is really not great for you. For example, if you are born female, that is going to mess up your bone density in a big way. Like You will have osteoporosis because you're puberty is going to be stalled. And so your bones are not going to be able to develop in those years when it's really crucial for them to develop. There are, there are a lot of reasons for this. And they, these are, this is why parents, together with their physicians, will, will you know, put their children on these, these, these other hormone treatments. And those are now going to be illegal in Georgia along with the surgeries. And so a lot of people came to testify when this bill was in the House Public Health Committee. I serve on the Public Health Committee and we noticed a few things. One, there are a ton of people there to speak against this bill. The chairman of the committee, Sharon Cooper, asked multiple times if there was anyone, because a lot of the, the Republicans testifying in favor of this bill kept saying there were so many people who regretted their transition, so many regrets, so many regrets, so many regrets. And so Sharon asked multiple times, is there anyone here to speak about regretting their transition? And there was no one. They kept saying, oh, we have a woman. We're flying her in. And, and, and the chair would say, well, is there anyone from Georgia who wants to speak about their regrets or to speak about why they, why they support this bill? There wasn't anybody. I didn't get a single email from anybody in my district in Cobb County, Georgia, telling me to support this bill or is trying to explain why I should support this bill. Jen, when you were in, in session last year, were they trying this anti-trans stuff, or I feel like it's all this year. Wow. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a lot bigger this year, um, but I think it's because it got so much great traction last year, because you were, it was the girls 
let, sports. Right. Girls. Let's protect girls in sports. Which, again, thing. not a thing happened. Not right. an issue in Georgia. And so I think because there was such kind of political support from it from Republican base um, and their voters that I think they think, well, well, this is a great ride, right? We'll just we'll just push even further. Yeah, they need something to mobilize people and to make people scared and upset. And my theory is that while they call this the Protect the Children Act, it is really the Protect the Incumbents Act and the Protect the Paychecks of some of these right-wing groups. Because you have all these right-wing groups in Georgia. you got a lot of them. We, I'm sure most of us get that. I know I get all their emails. And after oh, you do, do you sign do. up for those lists? No, I don't get them. No, you no, don't. You don't and sign up. You get put on them, and the stuff that they put out there is trash. So are you saying it's they, trash? I'm, you, what I'm saying is that once abortion became essentially illegal, no, I in get Georgia, that part. Yeah. I get that part. I just want to ask about the emails for a second because Jen, you former state senator, and you Terry, because you're a state representative, you automatically get put on these email yes. lists. Yes. Yes. We get, we're on lots of people's email lists. My, my inbox, if I look away for 15 minutes, I go back and it's, 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 it's like that scene from Community. It's awful. And another question. Can you not unsubscribe? You should be able to, but then part of it is actually wanting to see the messaging that right. they're putting out there. Totally. And what I realized is, you know, truth, facts, expert testimony, anything like that, no one seems... To care about that. No. It really is about the boogeyman. Well, yeah, right? it's like, I, it says it right here. It's got to be true. Right, no, well, I got this email from these people. And it, right. it is, no, and so they, but they have to justify their existence now, right? Because they don't have abortion to keep people sending those donations into their organizations. That's not something they can raise money on anymore. They've got to justify their existence. And so I really believe that in order to justify their, their continued existence, they had to come up with another target. And it's really easy to punch down at trans kids. Terry, Representative Anulowitz, you were told to quiet down and to stop badgering. Is that sexist? And a woman told you no, that. No, like, I don't, what, what I was, don't think it's sexist. I think that the sponsor of this bill, Senator Cardin Summers, does not know really, based on what I have observed in, in, in committee, a lot about medical issues. He does not know a lot about uh, psychiatric you know, issues. And he's he is, from Cordial? I think more around the Americas. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. He's, and so we were asking him pretty, pretty basic mm -hmm. questions. You might say we being the other folks on the committee, myself, Senator Dr. Michelle Au, um, you know, we were asking questions that he just simply did not have the answers to. And like one of my questions was, you know, say, for example, my daughter, who is, you know, a, a cisgendered kid, but she, what if she needs a breast reduction, for example? What if, what if anybody's daughter needs a breast reduction because you're having musculoskeletal issues? That's, that's a real thing. First, he seemed flabbergasted that a breast reduction was a thing. He was like, a what? A breast reduction. <laughs> Maybe you should have said breast enlargement. Right, right. No, because <laughs> that sure also, that well, and that too, any kind of breast augmentation mm -hmm. would be impacted by this. And he will say, well, he said, well, that won't, that shouldn't impact your daughter because it's not for, you know, for a, for a gender reassignment. I said, well, but what if another doctor's 
matter? You know, what if someone implies that that is? What if, right, what because if, what you if don't want to raise... have press anymore. Right. right, because the other thing this bill did after it left the House committee is it now physicians are civilly and criminally liable for doing this kind of treatment. And so what we're saying is, like, could there not be a chilling effect? And if a, and if a minor girl needs a breast reduction for orthopedic reasons, or if you want to get, if you're that kind of guy who gets your daughter a boob job because, I don't know, it'll help her career um, in whatever that may be, that, you know, if you're Donald Trump. If you're Donald Trump, <laughs> or, right? Yeah. Well, where but, I grew up, or Spears. It, when I grew up in the 80s in Miami, like, everybody got, had a deviated septum. Oh, oh yeah. everybody! Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was that was for but sure. Don't worry, you can still get that taken. <laughs> yeah, you can still get that taken. But no, in right. Houston, Texas, I knew a lot of girls with deviated septums. Yeah, yeah. So they had to had to be treated. But you know, again, that but there's a chilling effect. Same yeah. same yeah, with yeah. abortion care. When you make abortion illegal, a lot of doctors are going to be afraid to do a lot of things that might potentially be construed. So there's a we don't ever want to hamstring the medical community. But he could not ask basic questions. So I'd ask follow up questions to try to maybe clarify what I was asking because maybe I was just using words that were too big or questions that were too hard. And, and then I was told I was badgering the witness. Who told you you were badgering? The chair. Okay. Uh, well, when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud to be your friend. You've been called a badgerer, right, Jen? Um, I've got the badger badge. <laughs> like, I am proudly a badger. But you know what? There is a generational thing, too. You're, yes. Just because a woman is chair of a committee doesn't necessarily mean she, the woman's going to be like, oh, women, right. I love you. Let me support you and let you talk and, and do what you yeah. want. I mean, you know, there are still very, even women have some definite views on traditional gender That's roles. true. Well, and there also was, it was funny because right out the gate, and I was like, this is like, what I'm doing is almost like a real softball and it's relevant to our, the last time we were here recording, but I, I asked him, I was like, well, so this is called the Protect the Children Act, and you're, you're very concerned with children's health. Can you tell me? I'm like, this is not original to anyone who listens to this podcast or is on Twitter or the internet. Can you tell me what the number one cause of death for children is in Georgia right now? Like, easy question. He had no idea. Of course they don't. Because no. they don't want to really believe that. And this is like— Because they're not actually—they don't care about protecting children. So— but so well, and then let's clarify: it is gun violence. It's but gun violence. Go ahead. Of course, it's gun violence. It's not drag queens. It's not gay people. No, at one point they they didn't have enough Republicans in the room, and I was texting some folks. I was like, "Quick, get all the drag queens down here to the Capitol. We need to distract them." Yeah. Why don't you know? I mean, I, I think you were joking, but it would have worked. That's actually kind of funny. But I think that drag queens now are probably afraid. Uh, Honestly, I, would mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's where we're at now. It's like, I think we're, we're a lot of those queens are empowered and great, well, but they're scared. And you know, something, and Jen, you can speak to this too, something I feel like has changed around the Capitol, and this just occurred to me as we're talking about this. When we were having the debates for the abortion bill, there were a lot of people at the Capitol in costumes, in, I mean, all kind, whatever... With like Handmaid's Tale all and all the, that, and, right? And beyond. We're not seeing any of that right now. And I wonder if it is because people are just, I don't want to use the word afraid, but hesitant. I don't know. It's, it's well, what do, do you want to go somewhere where you know you're threatened? When, uh, so think about it. So if you're a transgender individual living as, you know, a man or a woman, why are you going to put yourself like 
in harm's way. And then you've got children that you're talking children. about. And that's the thing. So they're not, I mean, if I'm a parent of these children, I'm not going to let them come down no. there. I mean, so why why make yourself a target? Especially, it is a very dangerous situation. I mean, everybody has a gun now. Mm-hmm. And if folks feel this strongly about it, I mean, we know kind of what kind of situation we're setting up. It's just, it's it breaks my heart because, especially at that young age, and I took your recommendation, Jen. I don't know if you did, Terry. I read that book, Mad Honey, um, which really addresses um, a trans teenager That's right. and child. I actually know a Republican woman who said, have you read this book? I said, yeah. They're like, oh, you read it? it. Oh, I haven't read it yet, but no, but I was thinking a Republican I serve with. Woman oh. said, I'm reading this amazing book right now, and it's really helped me understand some of this. So is she going to vote? Which way is she going to vote? She may just walk off the floor. See, that's cowardly to me. It's like, come on now. Especially like, and I, and that was such a great recommendation, Jen, because that book really, um, I understood, and I, because I, I have a very good friend who has a trans mm-hmm. son, and it's funny because I remember um, when this child was little, like, born a girl but this it it was a boy i mean it was there was no question right. about it it was like three years old like this is this is what it's going to be right this child knows Th- that's right who he is and when you talk to the parents of these children that is so frequently the case yeah. i mean i know um jen slipikoff is a very outspoken advocate for these kids and she and i were in the same plague we were in the mom's club in smyrna back when our 18-year-olds were toddlers. And I remember, you know, m- knowing her her younger child, her daughter, and nobody was, I don't think anybody was really, was really surprised or shocked. And these are not, I mean, that's the thing too, is these are not families or parents who are pushing their children towards this. No parent would, that, 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 that's absurd. It's, abs- it's absurd. It's not like making your child take piano lessons. Well, or, because you know, it's, it's like, it's like, um, how would you, Push your child into a marginalized, vulnerable, threatened community. Well, and it doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah, because then it's also like a loss of a child in a weird way as a parent because you have to go through it with them. So this is going to go through, right? They're not going to, nobody's going to, and then Kemp's not going to veto this, right? This is, well, we'll see kind of what happens. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, it may end up getting slow rolled. It may end up getting changed. But for them, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's like it's it's a win-win for yeah. them. And, I, and I'm actually going to give Chairman Cooper credit because one of the things she did was make sure there was an amendment because that forced the issue back to the Senate. So that that made it have, instead of just having to go through House rules in the House floor to the governor, it now has to go back to the Senate. And, and that can, sometimes that can, that can derail some some bills. Yes. But it but it definitely slows it down. It definitely slows it down because then if the Senate does make changes, then it will need to come back to the House for us to either agree and time to their changes out, or, right? or disagree and ins- or insist on our position. Time is running out. So that's the thing. So the doctors, for example, really doctors really don't like having legislation that can criminalize them for doing things. They really don't like that. And the doctors are have very They've got a pretty powerful lobby down there at the Capitol. So I know the doctors are going to be really busy this weekend working the Senate. If they are able to get that language back out of the bill, if they're able to get the, the protections back in there for physicians, um, then I think 
that that's, you know, again, that would be good because that helps helps run the clock even further because apparently we're going to be talking about sports betting again. Which yeah, we, well, I want to get to that. Yeah. I want to get to that. But first, I want to ask this to both of you with, and, and then, then we can move on to another topic. What about the business community? I really wonder why, you know, I have uh, been on many a float at a gay pride parade and I see all the big businesses from the Delta, MailChimp, Home Depot, LBGTQ plus community, and they've got their balloon arrangements and they're like, yeah, we're all, we're inclusive. So I'm not hearing from any of them. That's a really good question. And for a little, a little flashback history, the business community, by which I mean the Chambers of Commerce, they killed RIFRA. RIFRA is not a thing in Georgia because the Chambers killed it. Right. So by Chambers, I mean the Georgia li- Chamber and the that, Metro Chamber. And that's the religious freedom. Right. Right. And Ed Setzler in the Senate dropped a RIFRA bill this year, and it landed with about as much hospitality as if someone dropped a bag of their dog's poop on your sidewalk. <laughs> um, and my understanding is that the Chambers quietly killed, made, made sure that that died a death again. So they're not afraid to engage on certain issues. And I think it would behoove them to maybe get a little engaged on this one. Yeah, but I think, you know, like all businesses, right, um, there is basically, uh, you know, cost-benefit analysis, right? We know that, uh, you know, how, how much is it going to impact my bottom line? You know, what do I need more? Do I need the favor of all of these Republicans in Georgia and the governor um, for my tax incentives and abatements and credits and all that? Or, you know, uh, I may know a transgender person or not, right? Like, when you do that weighing out, you can see why the business community is like, you know, yeah. we're out. Well, and same with abortion. They didn't get involved with, with abortion. Mm-hmm. But some of them did. But this, and again, going back really. to the sports betting, there are some things that they really want. Okay, so let's talk about sports betting yeah. for a minute. So, by the way, thank you, Terry, and to everybody else who really spoke out. Um, so many of you spoke so passionately, and we've been following that, and there's been a lot of great voices on that, and our hearts break for any parent and any child who's going through this. And it's just a bad look for the state. This We're supposed to be the top state for business, and um, not great. We're not actually, great. Yeah, but we're actually in the like the bottom two or three for workers. Okay. Okay. Sports betting. I don't understand. Can you break down both of you? What's the controversy? What are the pros? What are the cons? Give me the who, what, why, and where. Well, let's start with some basics for people that are listening. Um, in Georgia's constitution, it is, it's unconstitutional to gamble, right? So what folks don't understand is that, like, so they say, well, we have the lottery. With the lottery, the only reason we have the lottery is because there was a constitutional amendment that was adopted um, by the people of the state of Georgia. And so it amended the Constitution to allow for that exception um, for, for the lottery that then will fund kind of educational expenses. So sports betting in and of itself really probably unconstitutional in the state. Of course, you have different people with different... But can they amend the Constitution for this? That's what they're trying to do? So that's 
That's what the bill is, right? Okay, okay. But because it's a constitutional amendment, folks, you have to have, it's not just a simple majority, which is how Republicans are able to get everything done, okay. right, normally. Um, with a constitutional amendment, you have to have basically, what is it, three-fourths? It's a supermajority of each yeah. chamber. Okay. And so it is a situation where you have to have basically all of the Republicans and a good number of Democrats on board. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... Go figure. Maybe they don't all agree on everything. Yeah, and (laughs) that's why I'm saying with this trans kid bill, there are opportunities for savvy legislative negotiators. What Terry's Hmm. saying. What is Terry saying? Terry is saying that. It's kind of like you know I'll trade you this. If, I see. Yeah. I see. But like, because they so need. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill your sports betting amendment. I'm gonna have all the Democrats kill it unless you kill the trans. Bill. Right. So there's some, like right. That. So there's some negotiating going there is on. A, and this is trade. and this is the time. Th- these last. We just finished what day thirty five day thirty four anyway. Oh so wait the week next the week Wednesday the 29th. is the last is the last is signy die. And so this is when the horse trading really begins. And that kicked off, and this happens every single year. It's, it's, it's like, like the warmth of the summer rains. It comes, and, and there'll be, <laughs> a, you know, the lieutenant governor will talk, or the chairman of the Senate Rules Committee will say, these are the 60 bills, that the 60 House bills we've passed in the Senate, and the House has only passed nine Senate bills. And so then they start holding up House bills, the House starts holding up more Senate bills, and then they start, they being the the leaders, and they're all Republicans, no Democrats are involved in this conversation at all, they start having their conversations about who's going to get what and how they're going to negotiate it and who's going to have to give what up. And so this sports betting thing happened twenty less than 24 hours before we recorded this. And Lisa Hagan, who is a, a, a Republican from South Georgia, she is, um, she is kind of new. This was actually her first bill, what I'm about to tell y'all about, but she is someone who has definitely made great inroads in the Republican Party. She's a she is a a very intelligent, very thoughtful legislator and she's been very good at cultivating. I actually like her a lot. She's been really good at cultivating relationships. She is the vice chair of House Transportation. Like she's 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 making So she's she's she, brand new. She came she came in midterm. So this is her second full year. She's on the up and up. So she into sports betting. And so, no, she had a house bill that was brought to her from her community. Lyons, Georgia is a town in, that she represents, and that is basically the world's capital of the Soapbox Derby. Right. Wholesome, wonderful, great for kids. They have an amazing, robust Soapbox Derby program. If uh, Their water tower in their town, apparently, says, you know, like, welcome to the world's capital of the Soapbox Derby. These kids do it on Derby Hill. It's a really big deal. And this bill would sort of recognize and formalize the, the town of Lyons as being the capital of the soapbox derby. And she that bill passed the House unanimously, and so now she has to get it through the Senate. And so she presented that bill yesterday afternoon to the Senate, tour, I think it's the Tourism and Economic Development Committee. And she presented her bill, and everybody liked it. And then the chairman of that committee, Brandon Beach, 
good friend of Burt Jones, lieutenant governor. Right. Big um, elector big, of Burt Jones. Yes. Let's not forget. And, um, and Brandon Beach was, Jen spent a lot of time with Brandon Beach during those those, those Senate committee <laughs> meetings, um, hearing all about fake electors and drop boxes and cell phones and QCAT and all that good stuff. Oh, right. Don't so, you remember when Jen and Elena Parent were counting ballots? When they were counting ballots, <laughs> ballots in Philly? Yeah. That, yeah. So just to, to catch you all up. Uh, so he said, well, we have a substitute for the bill. And this was a three-page bill, and now it's a 50-page bill, because what the substitute was was adding all the language about sports betting. And so it, it was a bold move. They did not tell Representative Hagan. She had no idea this was going to happen, which is a real—it's a dick move. I've had it happen to me. It's, it's really crappy to do that to someone and to not even give them the dignity of a heads-up. And they're playing on the same team. Yeah, well, and that's what's interesting. It's because when you do it to a Democrat, which is what happened to Terry, they're like, ha-ha, you should have, you should have known we were going to do this, right? right. Um, and that's why they do let some bills through so that then those can be co-opted by Republicans in the other chamber because none of the Republicans want their bills co-opted. So it is kind of a like drawing a line in the sand when you do that kind of stuff because people are like, are you kidding me? Well, yeah, because it's yeah. like, hey, we're on the same team and, here. And it's also an impressive amount of 3D chess. So, like they're looking at which Democrats have bills in certain code sections. that they, Because to, and if you're going to strip a bill, which, is, which means to remove the language from a bill. Stripping. Stripping. You're taking out the language and then you're adding your own language into that bill. Uh, it has to be germane to the original bill. You can't, you can't strip a bill about, you know, agricultural issues and replace it with tort reform, for example. Like it has to be some, it has to be somewhere in that same code section. It has to be germane. And I guess this was whatever was happening with the soapbox derby was close enough to what I can't believe they need to put sports betting derby too. That's and so, so yeah. So Representative Hagan was like, "Please <laughs> remove my language." Wow. From the, because they, at first they were like, "We're going to let your language stand. It's going to be the soapbox derby and sports betting bill." And she was like, "I really don't want." I'm paraphrasing. She's like, "I really don't want soapbox soapbox derby to be affiliated with sports betting, right? Because, because it's for children. It's like a children's thing." Yeah. That's so. so and and it, it was it was really crushing. It was her first bill, and it's just it's a. It's a crappy thing to do so to like, people. So, like, why wouldn't, like, so are we, are people, obviously, like, something like the city of Atlanta would want to have casinos come to the city. Oh, I don't know if that's obvious. It's it's much more, it, 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 there's a lot more to it. Yeah, okay. And this, so this is okay. just sports. So, so this, this is, is just like, the apps. Just, just, okay, just the apps. This is just the apps. This because, is just, yeah. but, but don't you think, I know I'm reaching here and I'm going very much higher, but, um. I mean, ultimately, isn't that the goal? Well, it is for for some people, yeah. like the folks that are pushing it right now. Whether it, you're talking about the Braves or yeah. or the Falcons and stuff, it isn't about casinos. No. It really is about sports betting, right? right? But the casinos are on the sidelines because they feel like that once the doors cracked, they're going to be able to come in. God, right. and there's been a very different. They they didn't start that way. No, they did not. Their original kind of strategy was all in, right? No, you know, we want all of it, and that was not going anywhere. And then they figured out, okay, well, this is just about opening the door, so the light will come in, and then we know who to trust, who we can't trust, and who to give money to to get it over the line. That's right. That's right. And so, and they, and the reality is that. Earlier this year, two different sports betting bills failed in the Senate. 
One of them would have required the constitutional amendment. The other one was just a simple majority vote. And there are, as Jen said, very differing legal opinions on whether you can do this without a constitutional amendment. Wow. And it's a constitutional amendment. That's like really hard. But as you I mean, said, you, you you, can, everybody has to vote on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah everybody, everybody has to vote on it. And so it is, it is, it is going to be really interesting to see what happens because the, another person who was pretty powerful in the Senate was also on this committee, and that was Senator Dugan. Well, he used to be. Used to, yeah. Used to be. You're right. Used to be. Used to be. A um, little bit of constitutional um, trivia for yes, all the people it. who want to hear it. I love oh constitutional trivia. We should get a bell. <laughs> I wish I had Just a bell. ring it, right? <laughs> Tina needs to give us like a little musical intro. Yeah. So, constitutional amendments that pass both chambers like that with the supermajority can't be vetoed by the governor. Oh, did not know that. Oh, yeah, that's true. Did that's not know true. that. Okay, on another topic, and I didn't put this on the rundown since you brought up the governor, there has been a lot more talk, presidential talk, about Governor Kemp lately. His name's being floated a lot. Your thoughts? You think he'll do it? I think the Senate's more likely to run against Ossoff. Really? Isn't that a downgrade? You go from governor to senator? Yeah, lots of governors run for Senate. Is it a downgrade? No? No. I mean, I think the Senate, amazingly, is probably the 100 most powerful, powerful. people okay. in the world. Okay. Almost. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, do you think Marty and the girls would like that? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I think he's a more, much more appealing candidate for the Republicans than um, DeSantis is. Well, I don't disagree with that. That's all. Yeah, I don't disagree with that either. But I mean, all right. You know, but I also think he's a more appealing candidate than Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, you know. Okay, fair enough. Fair it's kind of like an apples to yeah, oranges. He's definitely a more appealing candidate than your boy David Perdue. If, meanwhile, he put him on a milk carton. What happened to him? Like, he is gone. Like, between him and Herschel Walker, I mean, we still see Kelly Leffler places because I'm always checking her Instagram feed to see where she is. Well, she's getting ready to run for governor, you know that, <laughs> I, right? Yeah, no, yeah, that's the thing. She's got her vision board, Mara. I saw. I, I actually think... <laughs> I, I'm putting this out there. I think she might have a Stacey Abrams spreadsheet. Probably. Oh, 100%. She probably does. And a vision board. She probably does. I mean, because I, I saw in the in the jolt, there's always, you know, who's going to run for governor. And uh, your name was in there, Jen. Dude, come on. <laughs> like, literally, I feel like I've just woken up from the longest winner's nap ever. <laughs> And I I can't even keep my house clean. So right now, I just want to get up and, like, put on pants every day kind of thing. Okay. So. All right. <coughs> You're wearing pants now. I am. We're thankful I am. for that. <coughs> Very productive day. Okay. So our next topic, which is the special grand jury, uh, Fulton County. A couple more of those jurors went on the record with Tamar Hellerman and the AJC. We talked about last week, uh, Emily, who was just, Emily Kors, who was talking, talking, talking. She was everywhere. And now a couple of, a bunch more of them sat down for an interview, but they were like anonymous. They don't really say who they are. But they had some pretty big uh, bombshells in that article. What did you think the biggest one was? I thought one of the biggest one was how one of them said if the public knew 
everything that we learned, this country wouldn't be so divided. I thought that was, yeah. that was, uh, and then this other quote, a lot's going to come out sooner or later, one of the jurors said, and it's going to be massive. It's going to be massive. Which I'm kind of like, there's only like five pages missing from this report. When I heard the massive thing, I was like, what, when are we going to hear all this massive stuff as opposed to just like, you know, eight paragraphs right. or something? But, but you know, I'm, I get it. If I, I mean, you know, Emily, the Emily, trial, Emily the did trial tell us it was matter. single spaced. I, I mean, you know, it's, 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 they also talked about the Fifth Amendment and how, like, when people were giving, pleading the Fifth, like, that sort of said everything. Oh, you know it does. Because there are also plenty of people who are willing to just go there and have a conversation with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I did. But, right. but, but also, another, some more law trivia. You really shouldn't hold the Fifth against people. That the whole thing is it's supposed to protect them. So I know we do. Or people say, oh, well, what do you have to hide? But it, it's your constitutional protection. And so asserting a constitutional protection should not in and of itself be indicative that you're guilty of something. Right. I guess right. so. I guess so. But if it's like Michael Flynn, who's in there, who's just a total skis bag, who's just like. I'm, I know. Mary's looking at me when I'm saying this, like, do you, <laughs> are you really friggin' saying this? No, no but I, it's, it's true. It's I, correct. And that is the is. purpose of the Fifth Amendment. I think it's actually fair. And I think it's important because it's just like innocent till proven guilty or like everybody deserves a fair trial or, you know, I mean, yeah. Everyone deserves legal representation. Right. Everyone deserves legal. Everyone has the right legal representation, then somebody has to be that lawyer. Right. And I mean, I w- would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that article. And of course, like, I didn't realize that both, um, I'm always back to Kelly Loeffler again, that Kelly and David Perdue had to be in there too. <gasps> no. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, maybe that's where he is. Maybe he couldn't get out of the building, right? <laughs> He's stuck in some hall, you know? And so the other thing is, is that like, all the security and that how they when they were going for jury duty, they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, all of that was intense. So, and then there's also been talk about how if the Demo- the Democratic convention ends up in Atlanta, and then uh, and DA- then there's an indictment. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a lot. We do have enough hotel rooms for all of those things, though. <laughs> Don't let this prevent you. For, for the criminal trial and the Democratic Convention. We have hotel rooms for everybody. <laughs> That's right. So the Atlanta Convention on Visitors Bureau. Um, or Going to be rocking it. At, or as right. they call it, shout out, they call it Discover Atlanta. Yeah, it'll be like when the Super Bowl came and even, you know, people were in hotels out in Cobb. Like all the different travel and tourism agencies. Like this is going to be, this is going to be a robust collections time for the hotel it, motel tax. It's really crazy. I mean, now, Jen, what about in uh, Trump's New York thing? I mean, do you think that's going to amount to Because that seems to be like, is it a nothing burger? Is it not a nothing burger? I'll ask you again this week. I feel like nothing ever happens to him. I almost feel like that guy in New York is waiting for either Fonny or for the feds to do something. Okay. It's almost like he doesn't want to take the first shot, right? Um, and, and kind of wants to stand behind somebody else um, because it does seem to be moving. You know, there was all this talk, like, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But then um, we found out recently that, like, even Stormy Daniels hasn't testified yet in front of the grand jury. And 
if those are part of the main core allegations, wouldn't you think that the person who was kind of involved in the transaction and, and factually could offer evidence and testimony um, would be called? Right. So what is what is Fannie Willis waiting for? Her, her outside counsel is back in town. I, look, I've said it from the beginning. I think, A, she's not going to pull the trigger, period, until after the legislative until session. session's mm. over. Period. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be, it, it's dumb to do it otherwise. That is right. true. With, with all that is circling around about the DA oversight bill and also money and funding. Um, and it's just so uber political, right, when the session right. is so happening. Are we thinking 4 o'clock on Friday, March 31st? Can I can I do can I put a pin in that like a like an office basketball pool or a baby pool? I mean, honestly, if I were going to do it, I would do it something like that because you know the Republicans are going to be worn out and they're going to be heading to Masters. Yeah, it's going to no, it's oh, going to be yeah. no. It's, that's the thing. That's why. I and think, it's also spring break for a lot of schools that, in Georgia that next right. week. So if you're wanting to avoid kind of their immediate ire, exactly. you would do that. Um, I guess the question is, what is the strategy? Yeah, know. but I mean, this is like so much more than a Georgia story. It's going to be a it is. global story. But, you know, there were reporters already down here for the Masters, just different reporters. But no, I, I'm kind of thinking, I'm okay, I'm gonna, let's put a pin in this listening audience. Terry Nolowitz calls sometime after 4 o'clock on Friday, March 31st is when we get some news on this. Okay. Okay, Th- that's like open-ended. Sometime <laughs> after 4 o'clock well, no, on March 31st. I'm just saying, I, I, think it's, I think it'll happen within the vicinity, the immediate vicinity of 4 p.m. on Friday, March 31st. Oh, I'd wait till Monday. No, you want you want to? I think Friday. I don't know. Maybe I don't we, know. Wait, maybe we should approach this like the uh, NCAA. You know, like, like the March Madness. Yeah, like have a like bracket. A bracket. <laughs> you could have a bracket or a baby pool. Like when Ooh, somebody and else. who's going to get indicted? Oh, yeah. Who's oh, yeah. gonna Who's gonna get the big ring? I think definitely Giuliani is probably the main target because he just you know said so much bullshit and he said it over and over and over again. I mean, I think he's got an even between that and the Dominion. Lawsuit, which we talked about last week with Fox News. And we haven't even talked about the other side of it. There's that Smartmatic one, too, so that that company is suing Fox News as well. So this is just, there's so much. There's so much. All right. Uh, Let's get to the section of the show now. Oh, did you want to talk about your trucking again, Terry? Or I mean, it's in the Senate now. Okay. We'll see what happens. All right. I I do want to follow up on something we talked about the last time I was on. Oh, yes. Jalen Carter, yes. today it came out that he has pled no contest. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. To misdemeanor charges. So what does that mean? It yeah, how's, means, that, how's that come happening? Well, it, it happened. And yeah. he has been sentenced to a year on probation in some community service and has to take a driving class um, and is so excited to move on so that he can be, you know, the first draft pick. So... It, What's interesting is that if it's a non-felony charge, it goes to the solicitor. It doesn't even go to the DA in um, in Clark County, yeah. and so or any of those judges. It, it really feels like, come on, y'all. oh my god, like what what is going on or what was happening? Especially with that? in Athens, Clark, a county where their representatives, for the most part, at the Capitol are fighting really hard to be able to. Get rid of prosecutorial oversight. Yeah. Because or discretion. Yeah, prosecutor, prosecutorial discretion. They are trying to eliminate that. They are trying to make it much easier for people to be prosecuted. Be prosecuted. For felonies. They're trying to make it much easier for people to uh, for, for district attorneys to be removed from office. 
they are they are really pushing hard for that. And so I find it really fascinating, especially because we did pass that bill, you know, in 21, addressing drag racing and street racing. But wait, so, but he's pleading to that, but that's not no. the That's a done deal. Yeah, he pled no contest. He has been sentenced. So think about how quickly that was, right? From when we hear about the misdemeanor charges to when his plea is accepted and he's sentenced. So they found no evidence of street racing or they or what are is and so someone can't, you know, bring up a lawsuit against him now? There's definitely oh. gonna be a civil case. There okay. was a civil case. Let me tell you something. The the parents of that other young man that were killed, I mean, I hope they've got a lawyer because something does not Yes, something, something doesn't something smell middle, right. Yeah, yes. Now, who told Jalen Carter he could leave the scene of that accident? Well, didn't he claim that he didn't leave the scene? But then he was like, yeah, I did. Somebody told him to leave the scene of that accident. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's, no, I agree with you. And, and you know, if, if I, that That's family. That's sure fast, right? It's yeah, it is. Well, a death. Considering, right? deaths, considering right. that this family only found out weeks after their son was killed that there had even been that kind of drag racing, and they found it out not from anybody with Athens-Clark police, but from reading it in the Atlanta paper. Yeah, 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 but I, I did it, yeah. Some, something is not... That felt like a real slap on the wrist. It, it, it felt very, like... Something is like, rotten. Like, like very, and we'll, we keep bringing up the same thing, because it's, like, very Murdoch murders. Like, oops, sorry you had a boat accident. Get, oh, well... Slap on the wrist. Good thing we have due to prosecutorial discretion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a crazy one. It's a really crazy one. All right, let's talk about, I mean, this is a really awkward transition, but let's end on a high note. And that is, what are we raving about this week, Jen? I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go last. Okay, Terry. You want me to go first? You need to go first because I've got to really dig deep. It's been okay. a long week. So I'm going to go first. I, and it's about a podcast. I know that's shocking. You're talking to me. I have been listening to the podcast In the Dark, which is like, like you, you know, there's Serial and then there's In the Dark, which I had never listened to. And the second season is about a wrongful conviction, Curtis Flowers, um, Huge, huge. I don't want to give away all the details, but it like got on 60 Minutes and the podcast pretty much changed the traje- trajectory of this case. And of course, you know, Jen, when we're off the air, I'll have a million legal questions about that because now like I listen to all these podcasts and I like maybe I'm like, maybe I need to go to law school. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. But because I listen to it because it's just so crazy how the podcast is so successful and then American public media didn't renew it and which it was crazy. And apparently there's a lot of drama inside of it, inside of that, that operation, which you can read more in New York magazine, but um, it was now picked up by the New Yorker. So they have a season three coming out, which of which nobody knows what it's about, which means it must be a really intense story because nobody knows what season three is. So I've been listening to, I listened to season one and season two, and it's it's been ruling my life. I can't get enough of it, and it's not just the legal system. It's just great journalism and determination, and that's why we need journalists and why podcasting and journalism costs money. So um, In the Dark right now is what I'm 
totally obsessed with. So I want to, the, the coolest thing that's happened just like in the last few weeks um, is the state of Michigan. So Michigan was like Georgia, as we know, mm -hmm. right? Had, had went for Trump and Republicans controlled everything up and down. And they were mm -hmm. just having a good fine time. And including the Speaker of the House, the Republican Speaker during the elections, was going to D.C. and was arguably involved in trying to overturn the election results in Michigan, all this stuff, right? So after that, they have now elected all Democrats in terms of constitutional officers, the governor, Gretchen Whitmer, who is the bomb.com. They the call bomb. her Big Gretch, right? And the, the thing is they were able to take over the House and the Senate after also passing kind of independent redistricting reform mm -hmm. to have districts that were independent and, and more balanced. And Democrats are in control, and they are passing awesome legislation. So they basically repealed the criminal abortion statute from like the 1940s and 50s. Um, they've added protections in terms of the LGBTQ community, in terms of civil rights. I mean, they're doing all of the things in terms of supporting families and mothers and making sure that people can work for a living wage. They repealed right to work, which a lot of y'all don't know about, but is an anti-union um, mm -hmm. law that we actually have here in Georgia, too. So they're actually delivering and um, and, it, and it's really interesting because we talk about it so much here, like, oh, maybe we'll flip, maybe we'll flip, maybe we'll flip. And when you see it done, um, and not only that, but being done by women at the top, um, it makes you kind of feel good. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I would love to see Gretchen Whitmer talking about national aspirations one day. Yeah, I'd vote for her. Okay. My guess is she's already talking about it. Uh, yeah. Good. I Good. mean, she's no, amazing. She's, and that's the thing. You've got to be, you can't just take over the state. You have to be ready to, to do what the things that you need to do. You they wanted to kidnap her. I oh, mean, that, <laughs> it's crazy. You, yeah, you see what penalties some people get. And like, those guys got basically a slap on the hand. And they were yeah. planning on murdering her, on yeah. kidnapping her and murder. Anyway. Oh, God, what am I raving about? What's making me happy? I like read a really great, finished a great book this week, but it was about, you know, the early AIDS crisis. It was it had me weeping in my bed. So, you know, I'm a real upper this week. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm just like, wow, this is, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not feeling this way. Well, I know. I mean, it's like, not like mine is so uplifting. It's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's reminding me how racist people are. I mean, that's like the biggest light yeah. that it shines, especially yeah. In Mississippi, man, that's crazy. Is this is this, this podcast in Mississippi? The season two, the one, the Curtis Flowers case yeah. is a Mississippi what, story. You know, I'm half Mississippi. Well, if you want Mississippi info, this is like Mississippi rock and rural racism to the core. That is just it's so eye opening. But this is just so well done. And I'm gonna have another really good Mississippi story with one of my clients oh. that I can't tell you about just yet. But Mississippi soon. is sorted, man. You go back to like all the Dickie Scruggs stuff and like everything before then with all the, the horrible racial stuff. They don't have drinking water in Jackson. Like Mississippi is wild. It's wild. Or as they would say, it's wild. Well, y'all can keep Mississippi. <laughs> I'll take Michigan. How about that? Yeah, that's the better... <laughs> Better uh, end of that room. All right. Well, ladies, we'll get together again. We'll talk more again. Uh, good to see you both. Thank you for your service. And um, for not service. <laughs> <laughs>
But I like this version of Jim. I do too. It's great. I, I, I like this too. I know. Much more I mean, I like every version of Jim. But, you know, eventually, eventually. I'm not so intense. Eventually, you know, it's not, it's not forever, sis. Okay. All right, all right. All right. We'll talk to you next time.